so it's been it's been all the rage for a while, but I've managed to abstain from this whole trend. But are you familiar with what White Claw is? I I'm very familiar. Yes, very familiar. As in, like you're buying it by the 36 pack, like it's Kirkland toilet paper, or not qu- not quite that often. And I've also still resisted the um urge to try one of their i think it's called surge edition which is something they came out with for the summer that is a like higher alcohol content and comes in like a bigger can i've seen them a handful of times and i've come close to making a spontaneous purchase but i've I've so far (laughs) you know as you would say i've abstained Okay, so sorry, I, I, I'm I'm not laughing at your at your statement. That that that's that's a good line in the sand to draw. But sorry, I googled White Claw just to get some basic facts on it. Um, you know how the if you so actually you should probably do the same. And you know how on Google where well you have the the right hand sidebar where Google's trying to make sure you don't go to any other websites. Um, but then you will have the people also ask section. Right. I like where uh the the most popular questions are quote Can you get drunk on White Claw? Is White Claw trashy? And what alcohol is in seltzer? Um, the answer to is White Claw trashy? The answer is sort of. Uh, the one, that, one of the questions I get in my results is, why is White Claw so popular? Also, very valid, and uh, because people don't have to taste. <laughs> um, anyway, so I've, I... Actually, ooh, and this was on Marketplace, but I can't... I, didn't, I forgot to... Because you can't, you can't uh, bookmark a podcast. Um, rings. Sorry, you can edit out that pause and that for that googling. Oh yeah, apparently, no, we'll, we'll, we'll clean all that up. Yeah, apparently, gigabit internet is not fast enough to compensate for my slow brain. <laughs> um, so Boston Beer, the parent company of Sam Adams, actually on an earnings call uh, a couple months ago, actually called out their um dipping their toes in the hard seltzer product category as being a um a reason why they missed earnings. But that was very interesting. I can't find the actual quote that was cited on marketplace from the CEO, but that was pretty good. But but basically that whole product category has exploded mm-hmm. and there's like I I don't I don't like we've covered it. I don't like beer and I very much and and i have no reason for this um like uh de facto dislike but like i feel like i wouldn't like regular beer like coors or bud light or or what was what was the one that college students always drink natty light uh you you went to that real fast and you also i don't think that's the trademark name so i feel like that's something that natural natural light is is the uh the formal name but But i feel like i feel like if i google natty light i'm gonna get some weird stuff on urban dictionary (laughs) it's entirely possible yeah probably wouldn't want to look at the google image results there either oh what what does that mean (laughs) wait what what is that gonna wait oh oh, i've never done it i'm just but what 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 are you suggesting i might see i don't know i there's there's command w command w all right (laughs) Uh, there's sort of an uh, limitless um, number of possibilities. <laughs> okay, but not not like in a good way. Oh, it's it's asymptotic. Got it. Okay, <laughs> so 
Uh, you can tell I got a two on AP Calculus. Anyway, so um, it's better than me. You did you not a two is not wait. Do you, there's no way you got a one. I I did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was. I'm I'm good at math up until what was it algebra two? Like once once math started getting um like theoretical and wasn't useful. <laughs> no offense, engineering people. Um. Yeah, I stopped being good at it. No, that was that was my thing Practical. too. I was always like a level ahead, like all through middle school, and then I think maybe freshman year of high school, and then it was just like it just hit this wall. <laughs> I think yeah, I think it was algebra two where it was like, oh yeah, this doesn't make sense anymore. Similar. I remember being um, God, what was that? Like I was in like, and I was like in fourth grade, and they're like, oh yeah, he's testing at an eleventh grade level on English and all this stuff, and then apparently like it closed in on the fact that I stopped being good at math once math got harder <laughs> or, or it got more nonsensical. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, so uh, boozy seltzers or whatever. So, so the whole trend I think was spearheaded by white claw, but then everybody got into it. And then I don't have, um, yeah, I don't have a good way of sending this, but I was at target earlier. So there is, there is Coors Seltzer. There's Bud Light Seltzer. Whatever Smirnoff. Like there, there are oh, yeah, they, so they all, many. Of- they all make them now. Yeah, every pretty much every major beer brand and alcohol brand in general has some form of seltzer now. Yeah, and then also I've always been. This has been one of those things where like I've just like it's just like one of the things like you just kind of laugh and point at and judge harshly. Um, there's always been something like Mike's Hard Lemonade that I've always been super judgy about. You know, they have a seltzer now too. They do. I saw that. And also mm-hmm. they have something called Mike's Harder Seltzer. Uh, like E-R. Har- oh, Harder. I, I've, well, I, I've had Mike's Harder Lemonade, but I have oh, not. Oh, may- maybe that's what it was. Um, yeah, also, I, that probably is what it was. I've had that. And there's Corona Seltzer. I honestly, I, I thought Corona would have folded due to the coronavirus, but anyway. So I've, ha- I've had the Mike's Hard Seltzer. It's, it's pretty good. Um. I've heard through friend of the show Troy that the um, Corona seltzer is is no good. Uh, are any of them good? I mean, you know, uh, White Claws are are I think the best. What do they taste like? You know, White Claws are good because they have a pretty mm-hmm. subtle, generally non chemically kind of taste, whereas a lot of them have flavors that are just kind of i don't know trying to be too much and are kind of too chemically tasting so they suffer from the bubbly effect it that's it's not a bad analogy yeah mm-hmm. and it allows us to get a dig at the pepsi corporation and the fact that bubbly is gross <laughs> um so the reason i bring all this up is that uh friend of the show again has no idea who we are uh there's this um uh she's in the book publishing industry her name is sophie Vershbo. she lives she, she i i like following people around around the country to get different tastes of different like cities and lifestyles and she's very good at showcase showcasing new york city and she uh fosters dogs but what she posted and i can't find it in my screenshots is that well actually i i guess let me let me guess let, let me have you guess as to why we're talking about this why we're talking about white claw yes it's hard for me to say man put three and four together and and... i mean like are you are you getting into hard seltzers now is that like a hobby or something you picked up so i just sent you a link 
Oh man, the, see, this is one of those things that, like, once you see it, it's like, oh, duh. Of course, this is what this is. Oh, and this is the. Oh, okay, this is the screenshot you sent me. Okay, it's all it's all coming together. Okay, it's a whole lot of offline, online, uh, unspoken stuff here. So we'll, we'll we'll fill in the gaps for people. So, uh, so she posted yep. a picture. Uh, she had the mango one. Where <laughs> yes, yep, yep or nah. Uh, we'll get there. So she posted a picture of um the mango one and what we're talking about is if people uh, loyal listeners will know our still or sparkling segment very well and that i am a spinfluencer and uh <laughs> as again a term that i do not adopt but the spindrift company or brand uh calls their fans uh drifters which again we've talked about is very much a like a don draper thing which i don't really associate with being like a prestige thing but anyway they have always like one great sparkling water spindrift and they've also and it's made with real fruit um i was gonna say or vegetables but no lemons are not a vegetable um but they've also had like a dedicated section on their website for cocktails which i think is is why you jumped to the fact of of course this makes absolute sense that they would do this right so the sub brand or um like parallel brand um is called spindrift spiked which i don't hate like I really dislike uh, I forget well, my memory is already fading. I don't know if we just talked about this on the show or if this is offline, but hard as a descriptor for a beverage. But yeah, yeah Spike that was is on the, that good. was on the show. Yeah. Okay, thank you. People can go back <laughs> six minutes and find that I'm losing my mind. So yes, spiked is not bad. So if you go to spindriftspiked.com, you're immediately met with and all alcohol or like cocktail recipe websites will have a little um interstitial page that requires that you confirm that you're over 21. Can you tell me what the options are for Spindrift? Yup. And nah. And if you hover over nah, it's it's a nice very pleasing orange um CSS effect and it will just take you over to drinkspindrift.com because as we've talked about before, if you go to spindrift.com itself it's somebody who will not sell their domain name and they sell sheet music. <laughs> so putting it on blast, Pamela J. Marshall, sell your website. Nobody's going, nobody's going here for this. Um, but the re so, okay. So Spindrift spiked several things to talk about here. And one that I may need your help with. Okay. That's what I'm here for. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. So the four flavors that are available right now are, and one of these is very, very near and dear to my heart, which is the mm -hmm. only reason why I'm talking about this at all. So they have lime, which I, I are, are you, do you just like the color green or do you like lime? Both. Okay, good. Oh, pineapple. Ugh. Okay. Points against um, mango and half and half. Mm hmm. Oh, so, so excited. But there's a problem. Hmm. If you go to the find us here section, they, uh, well, actually where well, is this? It? Is, this is not out yet, right? It's in two test markets. I was so going to say, cause it, it says at the bottom coming soon to a fridge near you sign up for more details on availability. Yeah. So I sent you another link. So if you go to spindriftspike.com slash where to buy, it is only available. And again, that was makes sense of why she had it. It's in the, the new England area. And Southern California. 
Oh. It is not available in the Bay Area. So, again, not not to uh, compromise OPSEC or anything like that. I do feel like you may be in the Southern California area sometime I, soon. I'm I'm going to be there on Friday. So, um, <clears throat> if you happen to be near a uh, pavilions or uh, what, what, whatever, sorry, what is what is Safeway called in Southern California? Vons or pavilions, depending on whether what the median income is of the of the I, neighborhood. I think it's it's some something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's available. So I looked at the thing. So you put in the you do the whole thing of when you're on on the internet. So you go. Uh, the zip code is always nine two one uh, nine two. Wait, what is it? For where nine, we grew oh, up, nine two six nine two. No, no, that that's too that's too much data. Nine zero two one zero is the one I always use for the TV mm. show. So it's available at Vons and Trader Joe's. So again, if you happen to make a pit stop for snacks or something, I yeah, I've I've got I've got their map pulled up, and I, I, this this may all work out. Let's okay. just say that because um, what so what's what's your what's your order? Just a half and half. Yeah, I mean, I assume you're going to pick up. Uh, I, I wonder if you'll run into a store limit on how much of the pineapple you can buy, and you're going to go to Mill Valley and you're going to drop drop a, a four pack off at of Jason Snell's house. <laughs> um, but if you could do that, uh, that would be greatly appreciated because I want this to come to the Bay Area. Like, I don't, I don't think I would. I'm not sure I'm actually going to enjoy it, but but for the novelty of it, I kind of this could be good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, it seems to be really broadly available. Just why just just rip off the band-aid and bring it everywhere. It does it does seem to be yeah, pretty broadly available in the um greater Orange County area. Yeah. Let's say. I'm pull, I'm pulling this up and I was like is is it really available at the like the the corner store in UCI? But no, it's at the Trader Joe's just outside of UCI. See the 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 challenge with this setup though is that they don't specify which flavors are carried at particular stores so yeah you don't you don't quite know what you're walking into but um so let, let me know if you can make this happen no pressure but also pressure okay yeah we'll see see what we can do um so anyway like this this is neat i i i don't hate the pivot i hope that they don't get like, I hope that it works out for him because like, I feel like the industry is kind of fading on this. Like just, you don't hear people like, I think Gen Z has effectively bullied millennials enough for the whole like uh, boozy seltzer thing. So I don't know, but like, not that a white claw was ever cool, but feels like it's less cool these days, but Spindrift has a lot of brand cachet and they've got that, um, they've got that in with Costco. So if this ends up going nationwide, I can see this flying off the shelves at Costco next to the um, Kirkland uh, iced cold brew or whatever, whatever the thing that you buy. Kirkland has a hard seltzer, too. Oh, no. I haven't tried that one, though. But I've, I've heard I've heard that one's OK. Quote, sorry, the ad copy here. For those vibrant, full of life moments when 4% ABV feels just right. That's. Can I get a job here? Like I could do much better than that. That is not. That is not. I do. This, this I do like appreciate. Draft. I, I appreciate the four percent. I think that's that's a good number. If you want something that's you know, kind of a little bit lighter and refreshing, I, I think that's 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 a good option to have. 
Yeah, yeah, uh, that that's the tricky part where where I generally will prefer a higher ABV, but it's because I want to drink less of something. Where this is a 4% is actually very nice if you are going to have like three in an afternoon or something. Or just just having it in the afternoon in general. The the high yeah. alcohol stuff when it's the middle of the day, like that gets that gets dicey. Well, yeah, cuz once you turn 28, you get headaches. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the people who who want to like, sorry, like again, go bring. We're not going to discuss why, but bringing an offline conversation online. People who like think their idea of fun is like a multi winery like Sunday afternoon is that that is very much a young person's game and also not fun. I we we have to disagree there, but hmm. I still very much enjoy wine tasting. That's the one. No, no, type I'm, saying, of... I'm saying multi winery. Oh yeah, no, I I I heard you. Huh. But then are are you I just, did, okay. I just did that this past Saturday? Actually. No, no. So are you do you It was two, so I guess it's it's te- it's technically multi winery. Are you one of the, like you know how there's this the uh I, is there a more classy term than spit bucket? <laughs> <laughs> what is the term? I don't think there is one. When you mean you mean where you just you don't you don't swallow the wine, you just you kind of taste it and spit it out? No, I don't uh-huh. do that. That's the thing where this is actually comes up because there was um, Conan O'Brien ended his show again. That's, that's very much not even related to anything. Ended his show on TBS, and it was the first time he hasn't had a late night show in like twenty two years. But there, he had a, he does a, like a lot of good remote specials where he goes and visits a city or a country and does really good ones. It's called uh, Conan Without Borders, and people should go look that stuff up up on YouTube. But he had a, I was looking at some old ones where he uh, visited San Francisco and then went up to Napa and then he would refuse to use the the spit bucket because the whole point was, oh yeah, you can test multiple wines without actually becoming inebriated. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm not into that. <laughs> but I've also never really, who like one also like if I've always found it to be like the kind of the D classes or like it makes it not a. I can't explain why, but, like, but I, I find that very off-putting and gross and not very, like wine is always meant, it's always portrayed as something that's kind of like a slightly highbrow activity, especially wine tasting if you're not going to a, like, I don't know if uh, Andre and like Charles Shaw have tasting rooms. I really don't think they do because they're not real wine brands, but like the, the, the spit bucket thing has always seemed like a very weird and um, not classy component of that. I think what you more often see, though, is not necessarily people spitting into them, but just sort of pouring out whatever's left in their glass. Oh, dear. Uh, I, uh, that has not been my experience, but maybe I'm just seeing. I, I Again, don't, know, it's, it's don't nobody, know where your wine tastes. It is nobody in my party, and I, I have gone to uh, like I've gone to very, very fancy wineries. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure it's, it's, it's that. <laughs> maybe I'm going on the wrong days. Maybe you need to take me, but um, yeah. Anyway, uh, how do yeah, we get to I that? Feel like, I feel like you'd enjoy a wine tasting trip that that we do. We'll we'll we'll, we'll make that happen. Yeah, let me know. Okay. But um, oh, how do we, wait? How do we get here? Um, yeah, how did we get here? Uh, what were we to White Claw? No, we were talking about four percent, and somehow. Oh, then that we talk about how you know day drinking gets a little dicey, and then you start oh, being, about... being over thirty. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, wine t- like hitting up like three or four wineries in a day, which is something that people age twenty six to thirty one seem to like to do. Don't ask me how I know that. Um, it, it seems like 
Oh boy. Um, it's, it's, it's like very much something like that, 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 that's, that's common. And I feel like that's, that's not as much fun. Again, you, you, you visit one to two and you find one that had, that had also has some nice sandwiches or has some nice food. Charcuterie plates are, are, are a little bit of a, they're a little bit of a ruse and kind of a, a profit center that I, that I do not want to encourage. Charcuterie plates are very, very much like the margins on this has to be like, 95 percent <laughs> i would i would think so yeah you're, you're, you're charging 22 dollars for basically an adult lunchable and that is that is a joke i stole from somebody else but <laughs> yeah uh anyway so please p- please add this to omnifocus um no, some I half actually, and half I, I really actually should add it to omnifocus or i'm gonna forget <laughs> well again this this goes back to being over 28 which is that you don't remember nothing if you let it be in your brain for more than four minutes all right it's, it's in the inbox then captured Mm-hmm. Um. All right, and then moving on. Actually, I have a couple because this, this is gonna be a slow week, so I have two other mini things. Oh, actually, we weren't talking about apologies, listeners. This is a very scattered episode, unlike the other ones. Um, <laughs> we were talking about offline, online, where Instagram direct consumer ads are getting out of hand. And I sent you one again. I don't know if you remember the company, but they had a thing where they were advertising whatever their like fashion accessory was as being worn by people who work at Goldman Sachs and Amazon and Google. Very upsetting. But yeah, I don't I don't care for that. But another one is: Are you have you gotten this? Are you familiar with uh, with what's new with Allbirds? I get a lot of Allbirds ads. Yeah. Okay, what's new? Are you getting Allbirds ads that are related to anything but shoes? Oh yeah, definitely. They, so they, they have, sell they sell like everything now. I, for one, again, I, I I always for as much as a data collection and, and data mining industry that Facebook is, and I haven't used Facebook proper in like three years. Like I feel like they should know. One, they keep advertising me Sono speakers that go in your ceiling. Where like you know I don't own a house. So stop, stop, <laughs> stop it, Instagram. But. And they keep advertising me women's dresses. Hmm. Odd. But Allbirds, yeah, they have moved into like full on like clothing for everybody. So they sell a $250 like puff jacket like you are um like you're what what's it's like you're doing a Patagonia or um is that the VC vest? Isn't that like, like v- what doesn't Drake wear those or something? Yeah, Drake doesn't count though. Um again, and he 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 he's Canada's Jack Nicholson. Um You you understand what I mean by that, right? Yeah, that's that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It got no response, so it's okay. Yeah, um but oh yeah, it's, it's either Patagonia or that like Canadian Arcteryx brand that um that rich people and VCs wear. But Oh, I do I do like this green color. But yeah, two but two hundred and fifty dollars, that's that's too much money. This is a lot. Um, so yeah, they're trying to pull like a marine layer or like an outdoor voice. Like there's a whole bunch of like boutique brands that tend to be really, really popular in San Francisco itself. But yeah, I don't, is, is Allbirds doing that well where they're able to sell a $135 sweater? See, the thing, the thing that I have always found really strange about their apparel is that, and I know, I know that I think this is an area that we disagree on a bit but i actually i really really like their shoes and i think they're 
I think they're quite reasonably priced for what they are, which is very much not the case for the apparel, which is, it's, it's a strange disconnect there. Well, how much are the shoes again? I remember going to the, um, to the physical store that they have in, um, what is it? Hoteling Plaza in kind of like the Washington, what, what, the, the thing by the Transamerica building. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are they like? $95. Yeah. So like the wool runners, which is sort of their, like, I, I think that must be like maybe their original shoe or at least one of their early ones. And yeah, they're like 95 bucks a piece. Like I, I hate that. Well, also Allbirds has the problem that, and, and we covered this when it happened that fucking like Paul Ryan wears Allbirds and well, like every, yeah. every, every prick that works in tech wears Allbirds. Um, <laughs> If they're and also I'm I'm very this is much a, a personal beef I'm 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 worried and upset that um, tech people have started wearing on running shoes, which I really like, and I think they're co-opting that brand and that makes me nervous. But yeah, but like my my issue with the Allbirds was that they have no grip on the bottom, so if you ever if it's ever raining, there's just no friction on the bottom of them otherwise they're entirely fine and actually they ha- i remember having a buying a really nice maroon colored wool runner thing but yeah they just have no traction where i almost slipped and fell like multiple times when it was rainy yeah anyway well, have you have you bought the um it's a silly name but the mizzles they're they're rain shoes i'm sorry is this all birds mm-hmm. yeah because they have, I'm, like I'm on their a, website. What's what's the so they're they I think I think they have a couple of different types of shoes under kind of the Mizzles brand, which is their like but what, rain shoe brand. What the, um product category is this under? Is this under it's, running it's shoes? Everyday every, sneakers. Everyday sneakers. I'll send you the direct link to the uh, Wool Runner Mizzles. Um, I have I have a pair of these, and they have a sort of like oh. non oh. you know slip bottom, and they're really okay. nice. I open this and not in an incognito window. Shit. <laughs> oh, now I'm going to be retargeted for months. Well, but no, but okay. But I have, I have a problem with this. Then why isn't this a default shoe? So I mean, like, cause like that, that's, that's, that's annoying because, because, because so, so so the, I, I can, I can tell you because these shoes are a bit thicker as you'd sort of expect a rain focused shoe to be. So you wouldn't necessarily want to wear these year round. I mean, you could, but why, why, especially why during warmer weather, I just don't think they'd be the shoe that you'd want to wear. But like every, I mean, you'd, you'd rather wear their regular shoe. I, I disagree. Like, because these are $115 and you're basically saying that you have to pay $20 extra to not slip and fall. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't like that because these don't seem any bigger than any, like, I'm like, I'm a fan of like Cole Haan shoes and, and echoes. Like, and there's like, there's a lot of good brands that do a, like a, a, again, a word that means nothing now that we're all talking about work from home. Uh, they're a good hybrid model where you get something that is like a, a Cole Haan is very good at, at um, sort of dressy, but still comfy, comfy, versatile. Yeah. But, but also, but doesn't look sloppy. Right. Like, I mean, that's kind of where, like, if, I, if I'm wearing, like, I can't really like wear my like on running sneakers or like some Nike shoes unless I think I'm like, I'm trying to do a, like a Miami vice thing and I'm wearing a blazer with a t-shirt. Like I'm fucking like some tech guy in 2008. It's hard to go wrong with a banana Republic Cole Haan combo. Yeah. But I, but I, but recently, recently I've been finding myself falling into the, the Scott Simpson trap where he, he explains that sometimes you're somebody who's like turned, just turned 30 and you 
buy all your clothes at Banana Republic and you just look like a mossy tree. <laughs> again, again, one thousand percent copyright, uh, Scott Simpson. Uh, I, I'm I'm laughing at it, but I don't know if I entirely get it. It's a thing where because I fall into this too, and this is also somebody that I that um. Oh, that I used to date that told me that, um, like I'm someone who without, before they told me that I would frequently just look like a couple of, sh- not uh, like just different shades of the same color. Like I wouldn't really notice the, the fact that I was wearing like a sweater or shoe, uh, a, a shoes, a sweater and pants that were all basically of the same color. Oh, uh, okay. And I, I looked like it. I just like, yeah, like just straight walked out of like, uh, um, oh, I can't think of a non-problematic, uh term for it so i won't say it but anyway yeah but but his whole thing is like you just you get a sweater you get some chinos that are very like a little bit fuzzy and you you just look like a mossy tree (laughs) that's that's from an old episode of you look nice today and it's pretty good um also he scott simpson also because it's the olympics time um he also i don't know if you do you follow him on instagram uh i don't i don't think i have him on instagram no can't find it but he had a really good tweet that got stolen or it kind of got co-opted by other people and i'm and I'm paraphrasing this i'm gonna get it wrong but he had a tweet from like 2009 about the olympics should always have one regular person competing just as like oh, a for baseline like person yeah that's 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 not bad that's, oh, that's no, it's, actually it's really su- not bad it's super funny but it's gotten co-opted where like it's like one of those things that like people miss and like there's those quotes that people misattribute to like nelson mandela einstein and like elon musk all at the same time because it's just so generic where he 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 got screwed where like basically like, there's t-shirts of it there's like memes of it and he never gets credited and he um yeah he posted about that a couple of times on instagram but it's always really funny yeah scott's and it's hilarious it's actually it, it's kind of legitimately a great idea too oh no it totally is again that that <laughs> put that on peacock like <laughs> that now that would move some subs uh, all right um good. yeah um okay so let's move into actual stuff so this was this is the one thing that i was circling back to from before um how do you save stuff on your phone like because we were talking about online offline about um you would find infuriating ads on the internet to send me how do you when you come across something that you want to remember on the internet like I, I am very much, I will just screenshot it. And then every couple of days, like I'll just happen to be in the photos app and then I will move that information somewhere, but I don't ever like actually add something that I come across on the internet or on Instagram or someplace into like OmniFocus or my notes app or wherever it's supposed to go. I'll just screenshot it and eventually I get to it. So my photos app is like just full of random like scraps of paper like somebody's wallet do you do the same thing or how do you document that kind of stuff i with screenshots like that i usually take the screenshot use the share sheet to send it out to whatever app i want to share it to and then delete it but what app uh well with you it's slack and then with most other people it's usually just messages Hmm. Like, what if you let's let's say you like you just Google something in the middle of the day. Like, you just you come across like some you're talking to somebody and they tell you, you know, like like this week it was that somebody told me to watch a movie that I have that I still haven't watched that the people have been telling me for like ten years to watch, which is called Whiplash. Um, mm, you should you should watch that. Yeah, 
Yeah, and that's why it's in my it's in my iCloud photo library because I because I I then Google the movie and then I will screenshot like either the Google results or the Wikipedia page because I just never want to go into OmniFocus or Simple Note or wherever and actually just like write down watch this movie until this afternoon in which case I did move it into OmniFocus. But just like but uh, like also and again I'm probably never going to get around to watching that movie in the same way that I have told you I would watch The Dark Knight uh several times a year for the past decade and never do because i just don't care it's so it's two and a half hours it's a it's a long movie yeah and also and but and i'm not going to watch it in a movie that in a, in a way that christopher nolan is going to be approve of so then he's going to show up at my door and i don't want that either um anyway so 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 you'll screenshot stuff but then it just you, you immediately act upon it which is probably you're one of those people that that's infuriating that why put off for tomorrow what you could do for today well i, I i'm sort of kind of like that i i am that way with email for the most part but with other stuff it it comes and goes i guess i mean sometimes with like links i'll just kind of keep a tab open with that link and then you know whenever i'm going through tabs like oh yeah hey i was gonna look at this thing wait okay well so, so two things there so one you so sorry in gmail you don't have a tag called action required that you just shove everything into and then collapse that tag so you can't see it anymore no i'm i'm actually legitimately an inbox zero guy oh i hate you or envious but hate yeah but no, mostly I've, I've, mostly hate i've I've always been that way. I've been that way literally for like as long as I can remember managing email. Like my inbox only has eight things in it, but it's stuff that I don't want to look at. No, no. I mean, I mean, every sometimes I'm guilty of that, but for the most part, I, I do try to clear all that out. Yeah. Um, but then, like, I, you know, I I don't I I, sh- I should use OmniFocus a little bit more for stuff like this, but I, I really don't keep running lists of like recommendations and things the only exception to that is i did start just like an apple note sign up some time ago where i jot down restaurants that people recommend that's or like i see on tv or whatever like restaurants i'm like interested in potentially visiting someday so i have like a running list of those and that's that's kind of about it and then i have a i have kind of like a you know it's actually not an omni-focused project but again maybe it could be where I, I've got all these like cocktail recipes, like a lot, of, a lot of them are like printed. A lot of them are on various like links and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like I've, I thought getting all those consolidated somewhere would be nice. Yeah. But. Well, you 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 still owe me a bitters exchange. Or there's there's somehow that we're scheming for you to get me some of the the habanero um something something or other bitters. Oh, I darn or the I, cocktail I was, I, was I was just up there. Well, I'll I'll be I'm sure ah, I'll be back soon. Um but yeah, oh, what what was I going to say? Um Yeah, I mean that 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 makes sense mostly. Oh, that's what I was going to say. So I'm going to need some Marin. Well, so, cuz like I keep all that stuff in Airtable. Um, cause I have like just kind of a running list of like every restaurant, one that has been recommended to me that I've visited and liked, or actually, or, or didn't like at every, everywhere I've been, but I'm like, like I'm a weirdo where I have like a database of that type of thing. So you just keep that in Apple notes. Yeah, I do. And it, it and it, I don't, I don't keep a list of places that I've been. That's, that's really? smart too. How, though. how do you, how do you remember stuff that you like? That I have, you know, I, I, I have, I have a pretty poor memory in a lot of ways i am increasingly finding that to be the case but 
experiences like restaurants, I generally remember. Like I usually remember kind of what I had and I remember whether I liked it or not and kind of what the general vibe was. Like I, 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 for whatever reason, that type of thing I, I do generally remember. Well, yeah, but, but, but can, sorry, I guess let me ask, how can you remember more than six of those? I mean, yeah, like when you name like locations, I can generally tell you if I've been there, I can tell you like what restaurants I went to and whether I liked them. I'm okay. not sure I'm not like perfect, but like okay. I, I generally remember. The mission. Um, well, Taqueria Los Coyotes is my favorite place in the mission. Favorite Taqueria. You get the California burrito there. It's fantastic. It's hard to I'm find gonna, a good I'm... California burrito in San Francisco. I'm going to give you like 100 points to Slytherin for that uh, very good accent. Oh, that was said. Are you, is that are, you being, are you being sarcastic? No, that that was a, that was said in a very convincing and authentic way without coming off pretentiously. No, yeah. I, I'm dead serious. That the, kudos That's, to you. It's the f- first time my Spanish has ever been complimented. <laughs> Thank you. Um, or, or 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 Hufflepuff, whichever one you you associate with. I forget. <laughs> Slytherin was the one with the the blonde kid that nobody likes, right? uh he's the one that's, that's, that's that's slytherin yeah yeah the punk yeah, okay, um, never mind sorry Hufflepuff. I, yeah and i guess like so foreign foreign cinema is the mission right it is uh, that man i'm so bummed that that used to be my go-to place uh but i feel like it's probably overwhelmed by people trying that just uh overwhelmed and wanting to get out of the house and foreign there's it was great there's a um uh, there's there's one um there's one other one other place in the mission that I actually really really like it's like a rooftop thing, um, uh, El Teco. That place is really good. How do you spell it? Uh, it's E L C H O. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're and the place. It's all, that... it's all up on a roof. It's it's really cool. They're the ones that tend to have a really or like a very a sought after um, holiday brunch. Mm. Over them. Mm. Uh, but I, I'm, okay, but I, I need recommendations for rooftop bars. Oh yeah, um, El Teco is is a must. It's really good. Yeah, have you ever been to? The, there, there's some places in the Dog Patch that I haven't been to. This is getting super hyper local. That's not interesting for anybody. Okay, we'll move on. But uh, uh, seven seven stills is is cool down there. Magnolia Brewing is is good down there. Is, uh, have you ever been to School Night? Not think... been to School Night. No. Okay. Anyway, all right, we'll, we'll move on because this is not interesting. Okay, I, I feel like I feel like I passed the test there. Mm, well, let the listeners decide. Technically, I think in the mission there were two two out of six because uh, one is a taqueria, which is definitely not a, not a like a sit down restaurant. But anyway, well, but that, and that's why I also gave you a couple sit down restaurants. I wasn't sure what you were looking. Yeah, for. but foreign cinema doesn't count. Even people in DC know what foreign cinema is. Well, I, I gave you I gave you El Teco. That's a pretty okay. good one. All right, all right, all right. Anyway, so so okay, so you you prove that you're 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 fancier um, and easier to deal with than than just letting everything pile up in your iCloud photo library. Okay, all right, <laughs> all right. Okay, so to get you to talk for a while, I'm gonna push one thing down. You let me know what's going on with um. Let's 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 start with the Olympics and then. We'll talk about some streaming services. So what what is going on in Tokyo 2020? So I totally thought as of last Friday, which is when the Olympics started, that I was going to start this segment just ranting about how crummy Peacock is and how it was supposed to be. I mean, I think like NBC's original plan, right, was it was going to launch Peacock alongside like when the Olympics were 
originally scheduled for last year um so like it was supposed to be you know the olympics were supposed to be this like big showcase thing for peacock and the first impression they made last friday was you know because of the crazy time difference between the u.s and tokyo the opening ceremony i think happened at like i think it was like 7 or 8 a.m our time here on the west coast and i thought about I'm like, oh, well, okay, cool. Like, it must be on Peacock. Maybe I'll, like, throw it on while getting dinner ready Friday evening. And it, it, there's just this message on it saying, oh, you know, this will be available on Peacock at, like, 3 a.m. Pacific time. Watch first on NBC at 5 o'clock or whenever they were going to air it on NBC. And I was like, really? That's, that's what you're going to use Peacock for is to just shovel reruns of stuff after you've had a chance to show it? on nbc proper first but ever since the opening ceremony as far as i can tell and i've been kind of trying to keep track of this the opening ceremony appears to be the one and only thing they've done that with everything else even like the major gymnastic stuff like everything has been available live in some capacity even if it's you know 3 a.m pacific time like the women's team gymnastic event i think it was like 3 45 a.m pacific time and you could watch that live on i don't know if it was peacock or if it was on one of the broadcast channels but in any case they they, they have made all the events as far as i've been able to tell available live even if they are then going to later air them um in prime time so i was going to be upset at at, at peacock but they, they've actually generally done right by that stuff yeah i mean uh, that seems fair like i because i remember you initially posted in in our uh in our slack that you were disappointed that that was gonna be time shifted but like that, that kind of makes sense because isn't that the one the one unified event that like the opening ceremony that everybody would want to watch, which uh spoiler, there was um you'll put a link in the show notes, but wasn't uh viewership of that down like forty percent um year on year or yeah. like every four year on year? <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was down quite a bit, which I think is is sort of a trend that that's been true of of most live sports ever since covid started i mean even like football football wasn't down as much but i think in general ratings were at best flat where you know they had been growing basically you know every year for for a long time but like yeah the nba was way down well i think also... there's just you know there's just generally there's just a, there's a weird vibe watching sports when you don't have full stadiums and stuff like it's even after a year and a half now it's still just it's it it takes away something from it i'm i'm gonna broaden it out a little bit where i'm gonna i'm gonna say that the that coincides with the fact that like viewership of like the oscars and every award show is super down like it feels like that's the people who's going to the the per, type of person that's going to watch the opening ceremony of the Olympics is also somebody who like it's appointment television to watch the Grammys or the Oscars and that seems to like the just even though they had um what was his name they had some famous movie director um uh director per, or or like engineer the the 2020 like covid Oscars like and just and that that same lack of viewership seems very much the same 
because I don't know, like, do, do you like? Do you think that the the Olympics have the same, like, the overlap of somebody who likes traditional, like, domestic U.S. sports is super tuned into the Olympics? Like, I just I, feel like the, the 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 average NBA viewer is not that interested, or, or 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 I don't think there's like a ton of overlap there. I mean, that piece I'm not really sure about, but I think the thing that all of this stuff probably does have in, have in common that this is definitely true in the NBA for sure. And I, I, I could see it being true in other places like the Olympics and even like the Oscars and things where a lot of people sort of prefer just to kind of follow along on Twitter or whatever their favorite social media platform is and just sort of like catch the headlines, watch some highlights and then kind of, you know, move on as opposed to like sitting down and watching a full two hour game. Like I, I could definitely see with the Olympics where, you know, maybe you don't want to sit down and watch NBC's, you know, four to five hour primetime broadcast, but, you know, you'd sit down and, and for two and a half minutes and watch, you know, a swimming final or something. So I, I think that is a big shift is, is there's now this option that obviously like we didn't have growing up, right? Where like with the Olympics, like if you wanted to watch the Olympics, you know, NBC's broadcast, primetime broadcast was kind of your only option. Whereas now mm -hmm. you can just sort of have your Twitter feed open, follow a couple of, you know, good accounts, and you can pretty much get all the highlights and stuff that, you, that you'd want. And that's definitely like NBA Twitter is, you know, totally like that, where people follow headlines and follow trades and see highlights and stuff. And you can just, you can kind of do all that just like on Twitter without ever watching any actual games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually that, 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 that's a really good point. The, the multi-screen experience was never really a thing to contend with. Um, well, and it's it, 10 and 15 it's, years ago. And I'm not even like judging it. Like it, it, it like it, in a lot of ways, like I see it, like if you can condense a two and a half hour game down to a couple minutes and kind of, you know, see the big plays and, you know, see the big kind of storylines coming out of it. Like it's not, kind of not well, a bad way to go yeah. in some ways. And why are you, why are you going to waste three hours listening to like wrap around for a bunch of stuff that you don't actually give a shit about? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that 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 was your, your big complaint, but overall it, you, you feel that, um, well, I, I guess let me ask, has, do you feel other than that, that Peacock has been well used or this is, you think he's like he's done the, the best do. they can with hoping to use, like utilize their licensing of the Olympics to catapult or like to bootstrap that service? Yeah. So there, there, there's there's a few thoughts here. Like, so there's there's been a lot of a lot of dislike out there on the internet with the way that the Olympics have been broadcast. Um, but all the criticisms I've seen have either been sort of invalid or things that I'm not really sure what people expect NBC like like I don't know what they expect them to be able to do like you know it's not NBC's fault that there's like an 18 hour time difference between the west coast and Tokyo so yeah a lot of events are happening at strange times <laughs> you know out here like the NBC can't do anything about that and like I was saying earlier like I feel like they kind of do the best that they can where, you know, they do make that stuff available if you're up in the middle of the night and really want to see it live. But then they also show it later in, you know, primetime. 
And like, I've also seen people complaining about getting, you know, having results spoiled before they see them in prime time. And I'm like, well, <laughs> like what's NBC supposed to do about that? Like if an event happens early West coast time, but then you don't have the chance to see it live and then only can see it in the primetime broadcast later. Like, I mean, yeah, you gotta, you basically gotta stay off the internet all day if you don't want it to get spoiled. Like that's, that's not on, that's not on NBC. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think overall they've done pretty well. And, you know, the other kind of criticism I've seen too is like the content's very scattered, right? Cause there's, there's a couple different streaming platforms. There's like Peacock, but then there's also like, I think the NBC Olympic app or something. And then there's a handful of different cable channels like USA the olympic channel well because um, that's a holdover of the old era where like there was just not enough airtime on nbc proper where they would throw well, it on but, like telemundo and cnb you just like see like gymnastics on but, cnbc for some reason but that but that's the like that's kind of the point though is like so like you know like i mean they can't put everything on nbc so it's like and and you know in a in a pre kind of peacock era a lot of this stuff maybe just wouldn't even be available at all live so it's like at least there are these options now to show more and more stuff live. And yeah, it's, it's a little all over the place maybe, but I'm not really sure what else NBC would do. Like, unless you're asking them to literally consolidate everything into one place, which, you know, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe that is the ideal solution, but there's, there's probably a lot of complicated reasons why that wouldn't actually work. Um, mm -hmm. But then, so to answer kind of your Peacock question specifically, they actually are doing this really cool thing on Peacock where they have the traditional, um, you know, primetime broadcast on NBC proper. But then they basically have the same thing on Peacock. I mean, they, they call it like Tokyo Now. And it's, it's, it's the same kind of thing where it's, it's, you know, actually in the case of Tokyo now it's two hosts instead of just one, like it is on NBC, but the, they're, they're not just copying what they're doing on NBC proper. They, they, they've kind of taken that format, but they've mixed it up in a couple of really fun ways. So the first is that it's a much more lighthearted kind of thing, like I don't know how much Olympics you watch, but like the the primetime broadcast tends to be. Well, they always treat it super like uh, like everything is very very fancy and like the best. Like, yeah, it's it's very yeah. I get yeah, the there, word. There's but... a, there's there's kind of a a serious tone to it at times. Yeah. Whereas this Tokyo Now thing on Peacock is like it's just super like goofy, and they like one of the hosts is Kenny Main, who's a a former Sports Center anchor who's just he's hilarious and he he's just having the time of his life on this thing um and it's just like being peak kenny main so there's just a lot more humor and kind of a light-hearted vibe to it which i really like and then the second thing that they do is it's it's just clips really like they're not showing any sort of like full events like they do on the regular primetime broadcast it's almost like a kind of an nfl red zone type thing where they're kind of just like they're just bouncing around to stuff. Like they spend a few minutes here, a few minutes there. And it's just, it's just kind of fast paced. And like, I, I ended up watching that one of the nights this past weekend instead of the regular NBC broadcast. And it, it's, it's really cool. It's really, it's really well done. Hmm. And it's, it's kind of, it's neat. For, it's neat for them to kind of mix up the format a bit, which, which they so, are also doing a little bit with 
the the proper primetime broadcast like they've had Mike Tirico come in who's really really good I mean Bob Costas is obviously legend but like you know it, it is it's kind of it's nice to get kind of um a fresh face and voice in there um so- let me, let me let me ask something. So I, I've watched absolutely zero minutes of Olympics coverage. Have you watched much stuff that was that's on traditional linear NBC? Yeah, we've so, we've been watching the this like the regular primetime broadcasts almost so every let, night. So let me ask with with that, how are they? Because like my, my interest is in the streaming angle. So how have they been? incorporating or how much how much cross promotion like how heavy hand has it been what's what's the deal with them trying to get people over to peacock if you're just somebody who is just using your standard cable subscription and is encountering the olympics that way like what what's what's the how how has that looked they advertise um the stuff that you can see live first on peacock so like the example of that from the other day was one of the men's basketball games was on at like, I think like 1245 AM Eastern time or something one night. And it was, it was available live exclusively on Peacock. So they were promoting that during the primetime broadcast. Got it. And I assume they have, they have something like around the, like the network bug that's, that's showing that like, this is also available on Peacock or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they definitely regularly mention Peacock kind of throughout the broadcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah I I don't know. I, I I'm not not to like, you know, just try to like go against kind of the conventional wisdom here. But like, I, I generally I think NBC's coverage of the Olympics has been been pretty good, and I think. You know, I've seen some criticism of like Peacock's kind of the way they've organized some of the the Olympics content. I there's some yeah. truth to that, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think generally I, it's it's been pretty good. I haven't opened the Peacock apps uh, app since it launched. It felt like I remember, like my impressions of it like nine months ago. It felt like better design than HBO Max. So I mean, I assume it's probably better, right? Yeah, like, I know. I, I, the, I know the, the NBC Sports app is a gosh darn mess and catastrophe, but um peacock seemed nice yeah i mean i think the, the olympics is a little tough right because there's there's just so much content like it it the olympics don't really fit into any existing kind of model like it's not you know it's not a six season tv show with 10 episodes each that you can kind of organize that way like it's 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 there's just there's so much there but like peacock does allow you to organize things by sport and things like that and that, i think i think that works pretty well Mm-hmm. It's the, I think the the hardest thing that I've found with Peacock is it it's it's a little unintuitive like what's on now like what's live versus like what well, I can just but, go back and watch. But I remember like when going to the Peacock app, they actually they, like one of the cool things that I thought that was actually really interesting versus most streaming services was that they they had a thing like where like you all, like they have like just episodes of the office running all the time. Don't they have a section where it's like, just like, Hey, this is what's literally live right now. The kind of, yeah, but it's, wouldn't, it's, wouldn't that be ideal for the Olympics? It's kind of hard to find. Mm. And as far as I can tell, like, I, I mean, I guess like actually at me here if I'm wrong, cause I'd, I'd want to know, but I, I don't think there's a way to just watch like live NBC within Peacock. Well, no, obviously not. No, why, because that, that, that's not? a whole that's a whole different licensing ball of wax. Oh, I get. Oh, so I well, but but NBC is available like over the air. So like, 
I mean, are they worried that people are going to buy, just buy Peacock and then? Well, well, it's it's the same reason why like uh, NPR One was so fraught. That there's all like the the local the locals and the O and Os and everybody where it's just not that easy to because you have people in the local media markets that are mad that. Because even though NBC wants to get the most eyeballs on whatever they have, you still have the people that are running NBC Bay Area or KNBC in LA or whatever that's that still want people to watch the local weather and uh, um, okay, see the okay, ads yeah. for like Cal Worthington Ford and whatever Irvine Auto Dealership there is. Like it's, but I mean, you ha- you have to give them your location in Peacock, so couldn't you? Well, but that's the same thing where, like, if you, stuff in there? like, because that was the one thing where NPR made an app called NPR One, where they're like, "Hey, let's just make it easy for anybody in the country to listen to all things considered." But then all the actual NPR radio stations got really mad about that, and then they had to redesign an app where it would use your location and auto default you to KQED, so that you would hear all the ads for the pledge drive, so that you got the earthquake kit because you live in the Bay Area. Like, it's it's just one of those things like where it's like the local stuff can frequently get in front of what the national goal is to get the most listeners or viewers in this case. Hmm. Okay. So other, other streaming stuff, um, HBO Max. Oh, actually we're bearing the lead here. So HBO Max, um, strongish growth. I actually don't know. Cause like this, this, the, the one thing that I took, Oh no! Sorry, you posted a thing about Better Call Saul, um, about Bob Odenkirk, but I actually didn't know that that happened while he was record while they were taping Better Call Saul. I I guess I didn't explicitly see that, but I I I know that they're currently filming it, so I I kind of just assumed that's probably where it happened. So yeah, I guess it did. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, So HBO Max so gained two point eight million subscribers in, in in the second quarter. The one thing that's tricky about that in terms of percentage year on year, like uh, subscriber growth, is that they, specifically with HBO Max, it seems like they count all the people, including cable subs. That seems kind of kind of kind of interesting or a little bit weird, but yeah, I mean, the solid growth for HBO Max, which I'm not really sure how the um, 2021 cinema film release thing is going of how much that's actually driving subscriptions versus people who just want to watch um like mayor of east town or got the the gossip girl reboot or whatever it happens to be but i mean overall i mean that actually seems pretty good especially since disney plus saw a subscriber growth stall based off all the people that subscribed during the pandemic and that they'd maybe reached like a natural plateau or at least for they pulled forward as many viewers as they might get for the foreseeable future. But I mean, that's kind of neat or interesting. Yeah. I haven't, haven't really watched a lot on HBO max. Yeah. The only thing that's been recommended to be is, is, is that, is it Kate Winslet or who is it? The mayor of Easton is supposed to be, um, mm, heard of that. Yeah. Pretty good. But same thing where I never watched. Um, I was gonna say I was gonna say sharper things, and that's not right. Sharp objects and little big lies. I don't. Know, it seems like on HBO they're they're always remaking. Like if you if you're just viewing it from afar, they're just remaking the same show over and over again. But just, there's like a serious thing with like a a very serious actress, and there's always something going on. I've also not gotten around to watching the new Space Jam movie yet. 
<laughs> okay. Actually, I'm, 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 sure, I'm sure that was on, on listeners' minds. Is that basically is a, is is so with that one? I I never watched. The, did you watch the original Space Jam? I did. Yeah. So I've never seen it, and I was again this is going back to marketplace because I'm 60. Um, they were mentioning that is is it basically that LeBron is Michael Jordan in this one? Basically, basically, yeah. But but they've corrected a lot of the 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 weird gender stuff, but. Yeah, I I mean, I don't know. It, it, so wait, so sorry, was is Space Jam the Space Jam Warner Brothers thing? Yes. Is Space Jam on HBO Max? It, that's why I brought it up, yeah. But like not in theaters. Well, no, it's 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 like I I think it's like all the HBO stuff where it it's, well, it's like, available well, in theaters, but or well, Wonder, stuff, Wonder say, Woman but. wasn't, right? Uh I mean just cuz that Wonder was just such a weird Worm- part of the pandemic. Yeah, no, I think I think that was because that was like December, right? So I think that might have been streaming only at least in the U.S. I think I think it was in theaters internationally, but then I think all the stuff in 2021, or at least like since the spring, like I think like in the Heights that I talked about on the show, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that was both in theaters and then also on HBO Max. Okay. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so sorry. Did, did you watch the new Space Jam or no? Sorry, I, I have not seen it. Do you have an intention to watch it? I, I, I'm <laughs> I'm curious. I'm curious about it. Yeah, oh, I feel like has, it, that, it'll that hesitation look, says everything we didn't know. Okay. It'll look nice on an OLED TV. I suspect you're, you're just going to rewatch Parks and Rec instead. It's okay. That's a better use of your time. <laughs> um. Anyway, it's fine. Um, oh, that's what I was going to ask. Uh, so, um, friend of the show, Peter Kafka. He mm. uh, so he. Uh, have you heard of a movie called Something Something? What, what was it called? Judas and the something. Yeah, Judas and the Black Messiah. Have you heard of this? No. He's very much into this movie, where it was it was it was an HBO Max release. Oh, it's actually pro- oh because that was the. Sorry, we're confusing our Jasons, but. Um, uh Jason Kyler, the um the Hulu guy turned HBO Max guy. Isn't the thing with the 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 day and date um cinema calendar thing on HBO Max, it's only available for a, a month. month, right? Like so if like if right. I wanted to watch Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, I can't, right? Well, I think at some point it comes like full circle where movies you know kind of like how disney plus you know like disney like a certain amount of time after they're in theaters like they'll come out on disney plus i i think that's the way it's going to work on hbo max too so i don't wonder woman maybe now maybe has come back i I don't know but but you're right like the initial release for like something like in the heights that i just mentioned a minute ago like i don't think that's on hbo max anymore because that came out sometime in june and that more than a month has passed since that first came out Hmm. This Judas and the Black Messiah movie's got Jesse Plemons in it. Hmm. You ever watch Black Mirror? No. You should. Eh, there's just enough dark stuff in the world just by it's it's not dark though. The New York Times headlines. Uh no, it's just you just don't scroll down to the vaccination rates or the or the or the, the triple dose, triple digit case growth. Yeah. Um. No, Black Mirror's pretty good. Like they they canceled it because it became a parody of itself. But yeah, you should you should go watch it. But yeah, Jesse Plum because you know who Jesse Plemons is right. No, he's the dude who played 
what was the what was his face on um Breaking Bad? Like the blonde haired kid who really wanted to impress um Stevie Lady. Wow, I don't remember anything. What was her <laughs> well show title Stevie Lady? I'm, um I'm bad with both actor and actress <laughs> names as well as character names, so you're not so you're giving me a lot. Sorry, you're gender you're gender neutral on your forgetfulness. Yeah, right, right. I appreciate that you you broke out a very unapple like you broke out. Um, okay. Uh, well, okay. Anyway, but the guy wait, wait, were the, you making like a like an apple like <laughs> unit sale yes. breakout reference? Because you paused while you were saying that to say that I, uh, I don't remember actors or actresses' names. The same with like where we don't know how many AirPods or Apple Watches they stole because they don't break out the earnings results. That's a stretch, Carlos. But <laughs> this is, again, this, this is for only the super fans who who <laughs> deal with that bullshit. Oh dear. Okay. Anyway, let's let's get to the meat of the, uh, to the meat of stuff, which is that you have become a cord cutter and. You have apparently forgotten everything about the fact that it doesn't save money. I just want so please continue. All right, you so signed I, up for YouTube TV. What's what's the deal? I did. So I came to this realization that I, I don't really like my TiVo anymore, and That's I sort very of don't, fair. I don't like the whole experience around just regular broadcast tv that i get through my tivo like i i've i've found consistently over the last year plus that if at all available i will always watch something on a streaming service as opposed to watching it on traditional cable um you know generally the user interface is going to be nicer through the app as opposed to going through a recording on my tivo and, you know, something that I talk about all the time on this show, which I get is like a very kind of me thing, but I, I super value it. And that's well, p- picture quality. Well, was it, wasn't your deal like what, like a revelatory experience was like that you got uh, Discovery Plus? That's, and where that, you... that was, a, that was a big catalyst. Well, cause, yeah. cause you were very much into like that you found that Food Network and HGTV in your household were very much like, it's like. Uh, it goes down smooth, just background noise TV, right? Exactly, and especially and when you, and when you, and when when Discovery Plus came out, this oddly became like a vital service in your household. Exactly, and mm. you know, not even for the reason that it's not like we're watching a bunch of content on there that's exclusive to Discovery Plus. Like I don't even really think I could name any shows off the top of my head that we've watched that's exclusive to their streaming service. It's just an overall better experience to watch the shows that we would normally watch just on regular tv on discovery plus instead again the the app is way nicer to use they've even gone a step further with their picture quality where a lot of that stuff's in like um what's what's it called the the dolby hdr thing um not Dolby Cinema, whatever it is, you Dolby know what I'm Vision talking or about. Whatever Dolby Vision, is. thank you. Yeah. yeah, like they've put all that stuff on there, and like, I mean, sure, like, wait, Discovery bit, Plus bit, has Dolby Vision? Yeah, yeah. Is, is is Chopped give you greater frame rate or or, or HDR? <laughs> Chopped, I don't <laughs> know about, Chopped... but oh, okay, we'll circle back. Sorry, Chopped. Yeah, there, there's actually the Chopped was caught up in one of those weird like 
rights things there for a minute where it actually wasn't on Discovery Plus when it first launched. I think it was still on like Hulu or something, but then that contract finally expired and then they they brought it over to Discovery Plus. Um, but anyway, like, you know, the, the picture quality is just, it's dramatically better on services like Discovery Plus. Well, and, and, again, and, and, uh, back when like watch ESPN or ESPN 360 was, you always found like, oh, this is, this is what sports looks like when it's not compressed to hell as 720p. Right. Right. And like, it, it's funny. Like I, I've even like, I've asked a lady friend sometimes like, Hey, like, can you, can you like, like, have you noticed like the picture quality is like way better? <laughs> She's like, no. So like I, uh, I okay. a thousand percent acknowledge that this is a very like me thing, but whatever. Like I value it a lot when I'm watching TV. I want the picture. Like I've got these nice TVs. Like I want you know, the picture <laughs> quality to be nice. So as I've started thinking about, all right, well, like what are my options if I wanted to replace the TiVo? Like I've actually taken a little bit of a different angle with this, where the idea of, and I, I hate this phrase because our internet providers generally are the same as our TV providers. So the whole notion of cutting the cord is a total, you know, false notion. But, but anyway, Mm -hmm. putting that aside, like a lot of times when people say they want to cut the cord, it's because they want to save money. Right. Mm -hmm. That's not the angle I'm taking with this. Like, well, yeah, it's saving no money. Right. Like my, my kind of thinking around this has been, if I can just end up paying basically the same amount per month, you know, and get a way better experience, that's, that's what I'm going to do. And I've always thought that the kind of the, the areas that I was going to get tripped up on when, if I try to get rid of the TiVo and went with some kind of over the top, you know, live TV streaming thing was local sports and the ability to record stuff because we, you know, ninety percent of what we watch here is is time delayed, right? Like we almost never watch anything live. And I haven't really been following any of these streaming services very closely, so I, I didn't I didn't think any of them had those types of features. But during the NBA Finals, like YouTube TV is the like I guess <laughs> premier sponsor of the NBA Finals. Like it's it's like literally on the court. It's oh, it's, it's the same thing with every like, World Series. So they they've been big into sports sponsorships. Yeah, like I think it's literally it was like the NBA or like the NBA Finals like sponsored by YouTube TV or presented by YouTube TV, <laughs> whatever you know. And like so, you know, after watching the finals, I guess that brand name was was you know shown at me enough times where it got me thinking about it a bit and then they also ran some commercials and stuff where they advertised like oh hey you can record stuff and watch it later and i was like oh okay interesting and then so i started looking into it a little bit more and you can you know enter your zip code and it'll show you the channel lineup and you know they have every single one of our local sports networks like even the so there's like a nbc California plus channel out here because there are nights where it's like, like they have like the overflow when like there happens to be a warriors and an athletics game at the same time. Exactly. Like there are nights, you know, generally in the spring where it's like the giants, the A's, the sharks and the Kings are like all playing at the same time. So like they literally have like, (laughs) like they have more teams and they have channels. And so they have like this overflow channel and YouTube TV even has that. So I thought like, well, all right, that actually like solves the two gaps that I thought 
no streaming service would be able to fill. So, you know, they have a they have a free trial you can sign up for. So I, I did that. And the, and the timing actually worked out really well because, you know, it coincides with watching all this Olympic stuff. And something that YouTube TV recently added, I think it was like a couple months ago, is they have a very small kind of select amount of content, um, mostly live sports, that's available in, in 4K now. Um, and all this Olympic stuff on NBC has been been, been available in, in 4K. Um, and again, like I, I get, it's not going to be the same bit rate or whatever as you'd get through like, you know, well, there's no 4k cable. So, I mean, well, but like, but so yeah, bingo, like that's the thing. Like I, even if you, so if you're comparing it to like an iTunes movie or to, you know, one of those, you know, 4k Blu-ray discs or something like, sure, sure. it's not going to be like that, but it's so, so much better than cable. And like the Olympics are something where. You know, I really feel like, you know, you're you're appreciating that difference in picture quality. Um, so, you know, that's mostly what I've been been watching on it for these first few days that I've had it. And, you know, I've only had it for a few days. So there's I'm sure there's going to be lots more to talk about here as I use it more. But it, it, it makes a really, really strong first impression. It's a, it's a decent user interface. The picture quality is nice. The DVR stuff is, it's it's really, really neat. So like the thing that it does with these Olympic broadcasts is when you go to watch the, the primetime broadcasts, like, you know, later on in the evening, like we've been doing, it actually like, it creates basically like chapters on the recording where you can, I mean, you can fast forward and rewind just like you normally do, but you can also kind of go one level below that. And there's just like these chapters that says like, oh, you can skip directly ahead to this event or to that event or to this moment. Sorry, su su super fast. Does it have an Apple TV app? Like how, oh, how yeah. are you accessing it, this? Well, Is this in a browser or what's the deal? No, no. Like that's, that's the other neat selling feature that I looked into a bit before signing up for the free trial is that, I mean, they're, they're everywhere. And they're everywhere. They're iOS, they're Apple TV, they're Roku, they're Fire TV. Is it they're... inside the YouTube app or is it a separate app? So on Apple TV, it is a separate app. On Roku, it's within the YouTube app. So okay. it, vary, it varies a little bit from platform to platform. And then like on iOS, it's a separate app. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it kind of just, it kind of just works. And again, like the, the picture quality is great. It, it, it just, it just seems like a much more sort of modern way to watch TV, I guess is like the best way I can summarize it. And, you know, in, in true like CPA fashion, I've, of course, I've got a spreadsheet <laughs> going with like comparing the costs. Well, so, yeah, and so it's, what's, it's what's like, the economics? It's like to the dollar, it's going to be basically the same as what I'm currently paying. There's going to be very, very little difference. Um, Can, which, you know, kind of puts me in a spot where, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see, I guess, ask, like literally ask me again in a week, but like, I'm, I'm kind of so, leaning towards just giving it a try. I mean, if so, it, if it really falls on its face, like I could, I could always go back to regular cable, but it, it kind of seems like it's worth a try. So two questions. Is, is there... Is there like like whatever the equivalent of family sharing would be? Like how there, there is, yeah. They what's the limit on users? It's like five? five or six. So you just like input the person that you share the household with their their Gmail address, and they just get right. it. Yep, yep. 
And with the, so my, my, so I, I've thought about this too, but my thing is I will still sometimes, the, the only part I like about TiVo, and again, I rarely watch cable anymore, like other than just like kind of having CNBC on in the background sometimes, is that there are ways to kind of like export recordings from a TiVo to like a non DRM format. Like, are are there any limitations around the D D uh, the DRM around the DVR? Like, do recordings expire even though there's no logical reason for them to expire? And like, are they DRM'd? Like, there's no way to get it onto your computer if you wanted to. Like, like if there's like some live event that you wanted to record, there's no way to get that onto your computer, right? So. I mean, the short answer is no, not really in the way that you're thinking about and the way that like TiVo works. I, I, I know what you're talking about with TiVo. Like um, in the same way that you were able to like, like, let's say you were going to take like a, a trip, like you could designate some recordings to be available, like on your iPad or something. So, so that you, that you can do. So but there's no the way, way to like undrm them and like save them forever. Like I probably am thinking of. Well, I, you know, Hey, I, they're there there could be a way potentially and not a not a supported way in the way that there is for TiVo but you're 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 not somebody who looks for stuff to fall off a truck like I am no no um which I think would be maybe one of the counterpoints to this whole TiVo thing is like if you really want to get a you know a copy of something that's been on TV in the past like you, you can probably get it um but we know so with with the YouTube TV stuff it's it's not quite like it doesn't take it to the extreme that TiVo does, but it, it's pretty good. So your recordings are kept for nine months. Like they're available for nine months in your, they call it your library, which is where all your recordings are. And they actually, when they launched the whole like 4K thing a couple of months ago, they also added the ability to download shows to watch them offline. And I haven't really played around with that much, but I did read about it some. And it sounds like there's there's no restrictions on that. So it's it's anything you can watch on YouTube TV and anything you can record, which is everything on YouTube TV, you have the ability Ooh. to download locally to like your iPad or whatever. So two follow-up questions. Is there a way to renew recordings as far as you can tell? Like for the nine-month uh, thing? The, the only blurb that I read was that it, it just said that, hey, your recordings are available for, for nine months. And, and, it's, it's, and then- unlim- it's unlimited storage. So you're not, you're not capped <laughs> at some number of hours or anything. Uh, that isn't funny if they've tried to pretend that like, oh yeah, you only get like 50 gigs of recording, even though Google knows everything and records everything for in perpetuity. <laughs> um, and that's my follow-up question, which is that, is there any like weird licensing bullshit where they're like, oh, actually, uh, uh, CSN or what was it called now? It's no longer Comcast Sportsnet, NBC Sports Bay Area. Oh, like this channel is exempt from DVR usage. As far I, as you I can tell, there's none of that. I don't believe so. No. Okay. It's neat. And then on price, isn't like YouTube TV like $65 a month now? It is. Yeah. So it, it's, they do a promotional like $55 thing for some number of months, but then they're the regular price is 65. And then, you know, they do the same thing that traditional TV does. And that kind of a lot of streaming services do as well, where they, they've got their add-ons, right? So it's like the 4k thing that also then gives you the ability to download shows locally that's like an extra 20 bucks a month. Jeez. And then, you know, they've got the package that's got like NFL Red Zone, which is I think 11 bucks a month, which that that's basically the same as what it is on 
Comcast. I think it's like 10 bucks a month on Comcast. Um, so they've, they've got their add-ons where it, it definitely, it gets up there in price, which, you know, again, like if you, if your goal is to save money by ditching regular TV, then something like YouTube TV is not, not going to achieve that goal. But if your goal is more like mine, where you're okay with what you're paying, but you want a more modern experience that kind of mirrors the nice experience that I've been getting with streaming services, then that's that's the the you know the gap that YouTube TV fills. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, let me know in twenty one so days think- or whatever when your trial's over and let me know what you said. I mean, like I said, I, I, at this point, I think I'm, I think I'm just going to just go for it because, you know, I, it's, it, you know, there's no contract or anything with YouTube TV, so it's not some long-term commitment or anything. What's been the, um, family's take on it? No, like interface wise, no difference from the other users in the household? No. I mean, she's, she's just like, so I can watch t- live TV on this thing. I'm like, yes. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, good. <laughs> okay um, is, is much happening because that is the one thing like because like the xfinity stream app is pretty good but like it I, like that's one thing i kind of do like being able to access live tv in a browser are you ever watching like on a computer or is it still mostly all on a tv well so that so there was actually another little moment with that um i don't want to quite give away my chef special yet but um it's it's related to that but i so i i I was out of town this past weekend and went to use the Xfinity stream app, which I had kind of, I maybe like didn't even know about or had forgotten about. And you had reminded me of recently and I thought like, Oh, okay. I I can use that to, I I guess it was probably the Olympics I was going to watch or something and, you know, pull up in the app and it goes, Oh, Hey, you can only use this on your local Wi-Fi network. And I'm just like, get out of here like that's so stupid and like it's just another reminder of why switching to a more modern platform uh, is what i want to do gonna gonna push back a little bit so you so yes that's dumb but that's not i i don't think comcast or nbc whoever the bigger force is probably comcast wants because like they're designated as like tv go out of home channels like I don't think they want it to be that way. Well, it doesn't really matter what they want. What matters is the experience I get as a consumer. And with something like YouTube TV, it's it's agnostic about what Wi-Fi network I'm on. Uh, okay. All right. Well, sure, 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 sure. I I, I get it. I get it. Um, and I think I, you know. Can, so the other thing that I think I've come to terms with too is. Even if I switch to YouTube TV and for some reason, six months down the road, I'm like, this isn't working. I want to just go back to having regular TV. Like, I imagine trying to get another like cable card and getting a TiVo connected is going to be some huge ordeal if it's like, I guess it like legally, they still have to make that an option, right? So I guess I couldn't just get rid of that option entirely. Mm-hmm. Well, but, you know, e- like even if the, even if that were to happen, like. You mentioned this too. Like, we watch so little live TV that, like, even if I had to go back to Comcast at some point and get one of their stupid X1 boxes, like, 
I'd be using it so infrequently, like I just almost wouldn't even care. And you, praising Peacock but hating on Comcast per yard this episode. Well, I, I think it's it, which is more just. A, I, I think actually that's a good like just reflection of like, and I'm, obviously this is certainly no original trend or thought or whatever. Like, just so much of what we watch now is is on these streaming services that there's just it's really live sports. Like that's basically the only um, stuff we watch on live TV. Cause even like just having the TV on in the background, like I'm actually not somebody who really ever does that, but like the lady friend does. And for her now it's having discovery plus on in the background. Like that's, that's even that's been, you know, even that has replaced the function of just having TV on. Did we already talk about this? This was a holdover from a Peter Kafka interview that I listened to where does, does Disney, Disney plus does discovery plus have a feature sort of like peacockish where the show title um where they have like just like a chopped channel like where there's like there there are channels where you can just have stuff that just runs forever in the background not that i've noticed but i've also never looked for that got it okay well let me know how this goes this isn't this is intriguing um were you are you in a contract with comcast like you know how like whenever you renegotiate like your rate you sometimes get locked into something so that 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 would be the thing right like there's a there's a scenario here where this youtube tv thing actually becomes even like it actually becomes a little more expensive than like what i could get through comcast where if i call them and like try to renegotiate my bundle deal and sign up for like a one or two year contract I, i actually could probably get my price down again below what i'm going to end up paying with youtube tv but i gotta be honest like even if the youtube tv thing ends up being a little more expensive per month given how much better of an experience it's been just this first week with it like i think that'd be worth it mm. like i'm kind of i'm just kind of over the the tivo thing like it's it's been great for the decade plus that i've had it but it just hasn't it just hasn't kept up with these streaming services and that's that's the way i prefer to watch tv now and so if i can have a platform for live tv that mirrors the experience of these streaming platforms i'm i'm actually willing to even pay a little bit of a premium for that compared to what i get with regular tv on the tivo yeah i mean sorry sorry tivo i mean we've we've i've sung its praises for a long time here but it's fine i I spend a a maybe 10 minutes a week so that's not a lot but uh, i've telling people on, on the tivo subreddit uh, yeah it's over like it did like some people will like ask like oh yeah my tivo's dying should i buy a new one and the answer is no, no. like it's it's it, the, the dream's over i guess like it's just like uh, yeah it's the same thing with like you look at the emmys like just like how much stuff that is worth watching is on linear tv and the answer is nothing yeah so uh couple quick things so one to like you you threw a link in here or like i threw a link in the offline offline uh offline online slack there's a thing where this we won't actually talk about this but there's i have an archive.org link and apparently there was a really there's a there's a controversial memo that got um posted by uh what, what is his position with warner media and hbo max jason kyler he's the you gotta ask you gotta ask jason snow i'm i'm not the are you gonna ask Peter Kafka? But basically, he he. And I I only bring this up, and please put it in the show notes. 
is that he wrote on February 2nd of 2011, kind of this, this, this memo that kind of rippled through, like, I just, I just wasn't in tune to it when it came out, but it was, has rippled through the entire entertainment industry where he basically said everything that was going to happen in the next decade, 10 years ago, where Hulu, if you remember back in the old days before it was absorbed into Disney and was kind of the weird place where stuff that is not appropriate for Disney plus goes, he was mentioning kind of like, Hey, we got, we got some deals where we, you can now watch Jersey shore and teen mom two on eight on Hulu. Great. Apparently, that's what people are watching. Uh, he, he, he quote, uh, welcome to Hulu Plus, comma, Snooky. Great. <laughs> but in the rest of it, the, all the interesting part is where he has the section where it says the future of TV. And he basically explains why every legacy media player is doing it wrong and is trying to preserve their old business model and how flexibility and the ability to time shift and place shift and fix all that kind of stuff is going to be much more customer friendly, and that's what the future is going to be of how ARPU can change from what medium people are watching on. It's a very, like a very detailed and oddly interesting view of the media business that made him a pariah in the whole thing, and that's why I wasn't really tuned into when he was selected to lead HBO Max um, or or the like the streaming division of Warner Media, of why that was so controversial. Because he's kind of like he's kind of like he's not a Hollywood person; he's a tech person, and also kind of a controversial business person in that way. But anyway, this is a very interesting article to read, and it was um, something I found by listening to a Recode Media podcast um, a few weeks ago. But yeah, people should go read that. Um, I think we can push basically everything else there's only one other thing i want to talk about this week which is the thing that i posted earlier today and then you posted something about um lobot <laughs> i don't know what the hell is. so well because the, these headphones that yeah. I, I guess you're gonna about to talk about here that you that you sent me photos of instantly reminded me of um this star wars character who wears these these goofy looking headphones so um, this is this is where I people like will sometimes try to pretend that George Lucas is like some visionary, and there's a, a a quote in here like one I always like whenever somebody will accidentally link me to, uh, Wikipedia because that's a that's a objectively fucking great name, but uh, there's a quote here uh from a Star Wars character named Lando. Calriz Calrissian sure. Uh, quote, you're Lobot. You know all the odds. There's no beating you, my man. So therefore, I don't think Star Wars is any good. I, like that, that. That's not good dialogue. And I, and I assume this is basically I've never watched. I've not watched more than the uh, groggy half asleep episode four that I watched. But I assume this is basically what all Star Wars is, which is to say not good dialogue. <laughs> and there's this guy that has a couple of pagers on the side of his head. And that's it. And it kind of looks like Jeff Bezos. Okay. So we've talked about my cozy apartment before and the fact that I try to be uh, generally a conscientious and nice neighbor, uh, which means that I don't want to listen to stuff loud like after like nine o'clock. So I, I, I think I mentioned on the show that I will, uh, that I had, I, when, when I got the AirPods Pro, I cascaded down my original AirPods and kind of just used those as Bluetooth headphones for the Apple TV when I wanted to watch stuff late at night, but I feel that you can't watch 
TV or movies with headphones. Like it's just not the right experience. And also you can't, you can't AirPods, you can't lie down with AirPods. It just doesn't, it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. I, I did that with, um, when game of Thrones was on, I would sometimes watch that kind of late in the evening. And that was a very like loud show that I, you know, wouldn't want to disturb the the lady friend with. So I, I would pair my AirPods to the Apple TV and do it that way. And, yeah, it, it's okay, but you're right. It's not the ideal experience. Like, like headphones, headphones, headphones are for music, podcasts, and conference calls. Not for, not for movies and TV. But also, clever. Is she, is she not a Game of Thrones? Is she not Thrones head? I uh, no, 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 very much not. Good. Game of Thrones is bad. Well, it it ended up. Yeah, it, not, it, it, not, it ended up bad, great. but it was, but it was, but it was always bad. Okay, uh, agree to disagree. Mm, uh, Cal, Cal Drogo. Uh, we, nobody, nobody needs to watch any of that. Anyway, um, so yeah, so I was thinking like of a better solution for this, and there was there's this weird product that it always that it stuck in my head for a very long time because I, I, I remember going to a a talk at the Commonwealth Club of San Francisco because I, again I'm 60 years old, and there was somebody there that was wearing like a really weird like I didn't I didn't know what it was. And it turned out it was a pair of what are called Bose Soundwear headphones. And if you go to the to the um, Slack channel that I have this posted in, that is going to be the dark gray headphones. So what those are is a now discontinued, wonder why, pair of headphones from the Bose Corporation that costs $300. Mm. And it is a pair of headphones that you can of Bluetooth headphones that you can wear on your neck. So therefore it still keeps your ears wide open. Um, and I think like, I think when Bose made them, they knew they were going to be kind of a weird niche product. Um, it was an insanely over-engineered pair of headphones that, that I'll get into the sound quality and stuff later, but like it, it's it's of limited use. Like if somebody's going to go for a run or something, they're not going to carry these around. And there have been other like neck headphones. Like LG has a line of headphones called the LG Tones that I've seen they, that I'm that I'm sure you've seen people wear, where it sits around your neck, but they have like little retractable earbuds that you put in, and it's much more of like a traditional experience. But um, it still sits around your neck, and because of that, you get like much better battery life and stuff. But the Bose Soundware was always something that was kind of interesting to me because, like, I never actually heard them, and I wasn't sure if they were any good. But I recently have been wanting and like hoping to watch more movies and like television and stuff. But like again, like I I just don't want to make a ton of noise, and also like you lose something by watching like TV and movies like super quietly. And mm-hmm. this this goes and well, this will probably cover us in another week where like people who watch movies and TV with subtitles on all the time regardless of volume, which is, which is a very controversial topic. The soundware was an interesting idea for that, but they got discontinued about a year ago because like they just weren't very popular, which for obvious reasons. And I was like, Hmm, that's really interesting. But like, I wasn't sure if this was going to be better, any better than the AirPods thing. So the other idea is that Sony, um, a very weird company that makes some stuff that is sometimes successful and a lot of times not because you know hashtag Sony. They made a pair something somewhat similar that is called the Sony Wearable Speaker System Wireless Over Next Speaker for Home Theater and Gaming. 
the <laughs> SRS WS1. So that is the white contraption that I took, that I took pictures of on my coffee table and looks very weird. And I think that is the one that looks much more like the Lobot thing. So wait, so it hit, hit me again here. What are these things called? So they are, according to Amazon, Sony wearable speaker system, wire, uh, colon, wireless over neck speaker for home theater and gaming. The model number is the SRS-WS1. So the weird part about these is that they are not Bluetooth. How do you... Oh, of, of course. It's, it's Sony, so it's <laughs> going to be some proprietary... I'm wireless you, system right you know me i love sony like i again i i, I have uh peer pressured you into being in the sony camera lifestyle mm-hmm. like sony makes weird shit. um these are these i had to buy i didn't know it existed i had to buy an optical audio splitter they Wait, hold on amazon <laughs> says these are bluetooth they are not it says connectivity technology Bluetooth. That is wrong. Okay. <laughs> they do not work on Bluetooth. All they do is that because these are advertised the the okay, how they're advertised is that you can listen to TV and stuff on these and they are made for gamers. Um what they are actually made for if you read all the Amazon reviews is for old people that have hearing aids, which is a, again, that's that's cool. But they be they they don't connect to bluetooth so therefore you have to connect them to a proprietary audio receiver over toslink optical audio which then beams audio to these things and these headphones sound like shit they (laughs) objectively they are the worst sounding head like it sounds like you know the built-in speak like so sorry let's 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 throw best buy under the bus so let's say you're at the best buy in um in, in orange county or you're or you're in los gatos california and you're 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 gonna go to stanford and you your parents are taking you to the best buy to, to stock up on stuff and so you get yourself a mini fridge and you buy yourself a shitty insignia or rocket fish branded tv that has the worst built-in speakers on the planet that is what these are. They have no bass. They sound like you're listening to a TV three houses over. They stink. They're the worst. They have been returned to Amazon. And they look dumb too. They this is the, the objectively the worst purchase I've ever made. So these headphones suck. I really want to go on the record with that. These are these these suck. So I'm sorry, I, so Sony, I, I love you, but these these suck. I have a question. So before sure. you before you returned them, mm-hmm. did you I, did you try the reactive vibration I did. feature? So this is the thing. I think I sent you a picture of me watching Food Network, and apparently I found out there's a TV show on the Food Network called Barbecue Wars, which is also a shitty TV show. <laughs> oh, I'm uh, apologies for the language, but like it was just it sounded so bad. Like I can't believe it. Like they, they, yeah, no base, no, it's, it's, it's horrible where, yeah. So no goods, but I guess, so I've made it clear that they're no good. They're no good. I mean, I mean, like even just like looking at these things, like how would they sound good? Well, but here's the thing. Do they look that different than the Bose ones? 
Spoiler well, alert. Well, the no, bows no, no, no. sound amazing. Oh, really? They're so good. Well, so, so, oh. so we'll, 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 sorry, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. But the Sonys are somehow so bad. Huh, okay. Every, I, I, every review, if you start listening to this, like, so yes, yeah, so, so Hash, Ashley637 from the United States on June 5th, 2020. So it's a pandemic purchase. Uh, great for the hard of hearing. Like, that's true. If you're somebody who is trying to watch, like, watch the local news or whatever on their TV, and you're somebody who, like, again, like, has some hearing loss or, like, tinnitus or whatever, like, great. These are, these could be very loud. And because they're a speaker that you wear on your neck, to a degree, you're less, like, you're not annoying people in the house around you. So that's good. But they, like, for the stated purchase of, like, hey, like, late night movie watching or, like, late night gaming, they suck. Like, they're so bad. I cannot put it into words how bad they sound. And I was, I'm, I'm, I'm cognizant because this may be a topic for another time. Amazon used to, to, uh, cancel people's accounts if they return too much stuff. So I always, anytime I'm going to return something to Amazon, have kind of like this thing in the back of my head of, am I returning too much stuff to Amazon? And I don't like, I've actually done it on a percentage basis before to see if I do. Um, but yeah, like I was like, without hesitation, I'm like, these are the worst. And I had to drive to the Coles in Santa Fe so that I could return these mm-hmm. things. Because <laughs> I still don't understand the rhyme or reason of why I'm able to return some stuff to the UPS store that is 0.8 miles from my house. And when I have to drive to Terra Linda, which might as well be San Jose. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Anyway, these headphones stick. Um. So the Bose Soundware, which I had to get off eBay because they are discontinued sound amazing Hmm. so i don't know if like so look at the picture of like them stacked against the book pile that i have um and and if you can upload that to imager or whatever like that'd be good but they do they have like the two speakers on them and they've got that like little like chamber thing like right behind them but the actual neck band itself is like this big open space where sound travels inside of it and they provide like insanely full sound where it sounds like like a sound bar on your neck like they I, i'm amazed at how good they sound like if you were going to listen to music like i yes i would much prefer my again an example of sony headphones that are good my sony xm3 noise cancellation like airplane headphones like the ones that i use for podcasting like those those sound amazing but these sound so good and are absolutely ideal for this purchase they have a big ass battery in them um they last 12 hours on a single charge unfortunately because it's a product that was designed in late 2018 they charge over micro usb you betcha just like my kindle so usb c or usb c will never take over my life because of lightning and kindle um but they're great like i i i they look dumb as hell but like i'm not i'm never gonna use them in public and i'm gonna use them to like i don't know to to watch ted lasso or whatever at night and like it's it's fine and if i ever decide um in 2026 that i have given up and i'm gonna watch the dark night i'm gonna listen to them on this uh, and it's gonna be fine so do, so do these connect via Bluetooth to that, like so your that, sound bar? So no, so that is the one downside sort of like, because if the Sony's had worked out, the interesting and neat part of that would have been that because they use optical audio, 
I could also listen to TiVo or like cable TV with them. But these, the way that I had been using my um, my AirPods and my PowerBeats with the Apple TV is that the Apple TV can support Bluetooth audio. So it's kind of like you just have headphones connected to your iPhone. Mm, so you can't use these with your TiVo. Correct. But again, going back to what we just talked about with YouTube TV, uh, the last time I have used my TiVo for anything other than watching like CNBC or Bloomberg is the season finale of Better Call Saul. Yeah. I don't use my TiVo. It's it's too bad there because you have a Bose soundbar, right? Oh, yeah, which is great for any time like 9 p.m. or earlier. But it's too bad there's not some kind of synergy there where these, oh, these yeah. could sort of communicate with that sound because it's all Bose. I, that's, that's too bad. Because yeah. I, I assume like, that's sort of like what the, you know, there's been those rumored Sonos headphones forever. Like, I, I assume that's what those are going to end up being is it's it's going to be like, hey, you can, you know, use these to listen to audio on a TV that you have another Sonos device connected to. Kind of like the way that I sometimes use my move in the backyard to stream audio from from my living room TV. Yeah, but I, I hope they never do that because then I'm going to have to buy a Sonos Arc and then I'm going to have to buy a bigger TV and my wall doesn't accommodate a bigger TV than the 55 <laughs> I have. I don't think I don't really think that'll end up being what you want to do though because I think those Sonos headphones have been rumored to be like the, you know big over the year type headphones. Which... Well, and that's the thing. Like I I want open ears. Like that's yeah, the thing, like right. where like I, like I don't know about you, but like if you ever have like airplane headphones on, like because you have the Bose QC 35s or whatever, right? I do. The ones yeah. everybody has. Like after like two hours, like your your ears get a little bit like a little bit sweaty or like a little bit gross. As, like, just... but as as far as that form factor goes, those are the most comfortable. But but yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Anyway, oddly, so sort of a pick of the week or or a chef special. Like, if if you live in like a, a like a duplex or an apartment building and you want to be courted, like the, these headphones are great, and these Sony ones are so bad, but they're they're they they look super stupid and they. Like again, not flattering at all. Like if you, if I accidentally like somehow like walked outside to, <laughs> like I'd be like, oh shit, <laughs> go get inside and hide the shame. But if you're, they, if, you're if you're August locked, lock you outside with these things around your neck, that would be. A big yeah, problem. but 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 like these look like a boomerang, so I would just like immediately, I guess I just I would just throw them towards Sausalito, and somehow they would end up in Australia. <laughs> yeah, that that's how that works. Yeah. Uh-huh, that's how, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, yeah, what would daylight savings time? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that's it. Huh, <laughs> Do you, very uh, so, interesting. Yeah, so we'll, we'll kick so much of this uh, grab bag stuff towards next week. What do you got for Chef Specials? I have a very appropriate pick, given all the um, streaming talk um, that we've had this episode. Um, so as has been discussed on the show before, mm. I really like the Roku stuff. Like I, I, I know about all the criticisms with the user privacy stuff, and it seems like they're sometimes a hard company to work with, given all the different streaming apps and stuff that have seemed to have issues with them. So like I, I, I acknowledge all that, but like in terms of just the user experience, I, I really like the TiVo or the the, the TiVo, the Roku interface. Like it's, it's really nice. Um, and I've been thinking for a while that it would be nice to have a little like streaming stick that we could bring with us to, um, when traveling now that that's sort of becoming a thing again. 
Um, especially with, you know, having a little kid now who's going to be traveling with us. And, you know, even like with the lady friend and I, when we travel, we, we sometimes like to watch TV in the evening and, you know, your options in the hotel or Airbnb or whatever that you're in can kind of be all over the place. So if you can bring one of these streaming sticks with you, you can kind of get a consistent experience that you're familiar with sort of like anywhere you go, like anywhere you have internet access and, you know, I had that thought in my head for a while and, you know, have some trips coming up and I, I kind of just looked, searched around a little bit a few weeks ago to see like if Roku had anything and, and sure enough, they've got the, the Roku express 4k plus, um, it's 30 bucks, which is just like a crazy good price. Like I, I, I couldn't believe how affordable this thing was that, that includes the remote and includes an HDMI cable, micro USB cable, everything you need just to plug it in and get started. And it's, it's, it's literally the same experience as the, the Roku software that's on the TCL TV that we have. Like it's, it, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between the two. And so for 30 bucks to have something like this that I can just sort of bring anywhere with me is, is pretty darn cool. And we, we tried it out this past weekend. We were staying in a hotel plug this thing into the TV and it just works. And it's, especially for the price, it's, it's super cool. And there, there's a bunch of these, right? Like Amazon's got the fire TV mm -hmm. stick. There's the Chromecast. I mean, there's a million of these things, but given that I like the Roku stuff and I'm familiar with it, so this was kind of a perfect choice. So two, two, two questions, which is that, um, so it comes with a remote from what I've always seen, like I, I've I've been to a couple of friends' houses that have like the TCL TV, like the Costco TV that has the integrated Roku. It always feels like the interface is like littered with ads. Is that something that you can turn off, or is that just kind of the price of admission for getting a super cheap stick? I, I'm not sure, but I I can't say I've really noticed that on ours. Like, are you able to structure it where you only see the stuff that you want? Like, if you have found the channels, like if you just want like a YouTube TV, HBO Max. Discovery Plus, like, is there a way to just make it like those are the only things that you see and there's no cruft? Yeah. I mean, it works okay. the same way that like Apple TV does. Like all that's, they call them channels, but they're just apps mm -hmm. and you can add and delete any of those channels that you want to, just like on Apple TV. Okay. And then how easy, so with travel in mind, how, well, actually, sorry, I have a third question now. Is this powered by eight? I've actually, I honestly don't know how streaming sticks work. Is this, does this like just somehow latch power from HDMI or do you somehow have to plug this into something else for power? You have to plug this into a USB power source. So most TVs now have a USB port, including the TV that was in this hotel that we stayed in. And that provided sufficient power for this thing to, to go. Okay. Um, but otherwise you can plug it into any, it, it comes with a little USB, you know, brick thing that you can plug into the wall too, but it, that's the same as like what you get with an iPhone or whatever. Is it, is it, is it micro or is it USB-C? It's micro. Um, also on the H, the HBO remote, what was I going to say? The Roku remote, Apple TV plus is one of the buttons, which mm -hmm. means Apple paid Roku money for that to happen. Yep. Um, and then, sorry, how easy, like, so if you're, t if this is a travel setup, how easy is this to, um, cause you'd have to redo the network configuration every time you travel. How easy is it? Like, does it freak out that it no longer sees the network that it was expecting? How, how does that work? 
No, it doesn't freak out. It just, you know, when you're somewhere new, it you turn it on and it goes like, you know, hey, I'm not connected to the internet. And then you just, you go to its Wi-Fi settings like you would on your laptop or iPhone or whatever. And you, you search for a network and you, and you connect to it. Um, it, I didn't, I didn't have a chance to test this because our, the hotel we were staying in didn't have the thing where you needed to like connect to the network and then go to a web page and like enter oh, the captive you know, portal, the yeah. captive portal. That's what I was looking for. Um, but it, it apparently has a feature where using the Roku app on your phone, you can connect to those types of networks. Um, even though the Roku stick thing itself doesn't have a web browser. Like you can basically share that captive page using your phone. So I'll, I'll, I'll follow up when I try that out someday, but they seem like they've really kind of thought through everything. Hmm. Um, this also like, it, it's like all other Roku stuff. It's an air airplay compatible device. So you can airplay mm -hmm. to this thing, which, you know, again, for 30 bucks, like pretty amazing. Well, I mean, if you, but if you, but if you follow the other half of their business model where they keep getting into like carriage disputes and keep trying to get money out of people, they, they, their, their thing is not so much the hardware. It's the somehow skimming money off the top from other folks. Seems, seems, seems to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually, like, I, I'm not sure I have anything. I'm just going to go with those Bose headphones. Like, yeah, it's, it's a very, very niche, um, need for folks but again if you share a wall or a floor with somebody give it a try they look super silly but again they are end of life nobody anywhere makes anything similar to this product so you do have to find them on ebay and use they're going for about 180 dollars so yeah bose soundware <laughs> 